prior to this series, we talked about sonship as two sides of the same coin. Because we are in Christ, those two things must be done. All right? We have to grow into Christ, and then we have to grow out of the ways of Adam. We talked about last week the origin of the orphan spirit. The origin of the orphan spirit. It is Satan himself. Satan himself is the origin of the orphan spirit. All right? So we got two sides of the same coin. We have to grow into him, but we have to lose our orphan ways. Amen? Now, the proof that you are an orphan is that you did not grow up in heaven. The proof that you are an orphan is that you did not grow up in heaven. To further that, the proof is that you have been born again. The whole purpose of you needing a new birth is because you were not God's child. Now that you have become his child, once you have become his child, you have moved into his household. All right, now we are under his rule. Our citizenship is no longer in earth. The Bible says that we are aliens here. We are pilgrims just passing through. So even while we are here, God is our father. I know we've been told that it's, when we get to heaven, you know, then all this stuff is going to take place. No, this stuff is alive and it's available right now to you. And so he wants to raise us, but at the same time, he wants to love the orphan out of you. This has to happen. 99.9% .9 of churches are orphanages. They're orphanages. Paparazzi, people who want to know God, but don't know him as a father. Jesus came to give us what? The relationship. So we're going to talk about this orphan spirit. Like I said, we got about 10 messages of this. Uh, I hope you guys uh, listen to the one, those who weren't here, or even if you were here, I hope you listen to it again. Because if you only listen to the message here, you are cheating yourself. All right? If you want to get 90% of that message in you, you have to listen to it at least seven times. At least seven times. All right? The way in which you learn uh, ex extremely fast is three ways. One, you listen to a thing a certain amount of times. Two, discussion. Have groups. All right? Group discussion. And that is something we are going to incorporate down the line is when we're just going to come in and on certain topics, we're going to have discussions because that's how you learn. And the other way is to take the information, own it, and then teach somebody else. Once you do that, you now own the information. I'm not up here teaching so you can say McKinley said. I'm up here teaching so that you can take what I'm saying, own it, and it becomes your life. Amen? So we're going to continue along the lines of the orphan spirit. The title of today's message is The Orphan Spirit, Strange Worship. All right? So the title of our message on today is Strange Worship. Strange Worship. Now, last week... I said something in the message, and I wanted to kind of not necessarily clean it up, but probably expound on it a bit more. I said that Lucifer uh, got kicked out of the Godhead. All right. I said he got kicked out of the Godhead. Now, most people who don't study, religious folks, um, soon as I said that, the first thing that they may have thought about was the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit when I said Godhead. And this is because 99.9%, .9%, that's my favorite percentage, all right, of people don't study, including pastors, including preachers. They don't study. They get a scripture or they hear somebody else say something and they repeat it. Or they read a book and they say what the book says. How many of y'all was taught that the Godhead was the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Okay, I was taught that too until I looked in the Greek dictionary and found out that the Godhead in the Greek dictionary only means divine nature. 
It only means deity. It means divinity. We made that up, and when I say that Lucifer got kicked out of the Godhead, now you go with what the pastor told you, and he was 100% wrong. That's why we don't refer to the Godhead as a family because we don't see God as a father. If we don't have the revelation of God being a father, we would never sift through the scriptures and look at the family. The Godhead is simply the family of God. Just like who's the head of the church? Christ. We're his body. Wherever you have a head, you have a body. Our father is the head. Christ is the son. And then everything else in heaven is known as the Holy Spirit. Not one individual. That you have to incorporate the angels in there. We don't incorporate the angels in there because we were told it was three people, three individuals. And if you read it right and you look at it and you study it, why did the Bible say that God made his angels spirits? Uh-oh. Then he said he made them flames of fire. Then he said he made them the minister. Well, is that not everything the Holy Spirit does? Is not the Holy Spirit wind? Is not the Holy Spirit a wind, uh, 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 fire? Does not the Holy Spirit minister to you? So who's ministering? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it angels? They work together. It's one. And so when I said that, the Holy, that Satan got kicked out of the Godhead, I guess I have to clarify it and say it like this. He got kicked out of God's family. He lost his privilege to, to come to the Father and work for the Father. When he lost that relationship, his next agenda was to make you lose your relationship. And he knows that once you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is nothing he can do. He can't touch you. Jesus said that those who are in the Father's hand cannot be plucked out. When it came to Job, who was a servant, he tried to get at Job and said, I can't. You have a hedge of protection around him. So I had to give a little clarity there so we can understand. Satan got removed from the family of God. The Bible lets us know where we're seated. Where are we seated? Talk to me. With who? So we're seated with Christ. We're not seated with the Holy Spirit. We're not seated with the Father. He lets us know our position in the family. Our position in this family is we are seated with Christ. We are not seated with the Father. We are seated with Christ. We are not seated with the Holy Spirit. We are seated with Christ. Far above what? Everything under that. Every rule, every principality, every power. So you have to understand those things. Amen? So that's why our attack is on the orphan spirit because the orphan spirit is the opposite of the Holy Spirit. While the Holy Spirit comes to bring us closer to, to bring us closer to our Father, the orphan spirit comes to separate us. The orphan spirit comes to separate us. So this is what the orphan spirit is. It's part of a demonic head. You have iniquity, you have wickedness, you have perversion, you have all these different things. In there is the orphan spirit. And it seems, watch this, it's been duping the church for years. The orphan spirit is the oldest spirit on the planet. It's the first spirit that hit the planet. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning. Soon as he thought in his head that he was going to be like, he was going to be like the most high, the Bible, Jesus said, I saw him fall. Immediately when he thought he was going to be something, he fell. And when he fell, he fell to earth, according to scripture. And when Adam and Eve got to earth, an orphan was waiting. An orphan was waiting. He duped Eve. Eve fed it to Adam, so he duped both of them. Now Adam and Eve are orphans, and their eyes are open to the orphanage. Now they create children, and this is us. This is where we are. 2,000 years later, still stuck in the orphanage. 2,000 years later. Still don't know that God is our father. We say it, 
But when you know it, it'll come with every feeling, every inkling, every part of your body, every part of your soul, your mind will be flooded with it. No matter what situation you go through, what circumstance you go through, you will see a father. That's what we need to be. Amen? So the agenda of the orphan spirit is to separate us from the father. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. The orphan spirit is the spirit that wants to constantly keep you uncomfortable. Constantly. He does not want you to think that God is your father. He is the head of the religion spirit. This is why when Jesus got ready to do these, when he, Jesus was doing miracles, they had no problem. But the moment he said God was his father, it became an issue. Why? Because religion is headed by Satan. So, Satan's one of his number one agendas is, like I said, agendas is to separate us from the Father because he knows if I separate you from the Father, Dre, you remain cursed. Y'all hear me? If Satan, Satan knows, if he can separate us from the Father, we stay cursed. Why? Because Malachi 6 says that if this relationship is not mended, if we do not return the hearts of the children back to the father and the heart of the father back to the children, the scripture said that he will have to come and smite this land with a curse. You are cursed until you know that God is your father. Why? Because you are detached from him. If you are detached from him, then that means you are detached from his inheritance, from his blessings, from his family, from his community. And that is why Satan is highly upset with you. That's why when you get ready to come to church, he's like, nah, don't do that. It's a million things you could be doing today. You got this to do, that to do, this to do, that to do. Why? As soon as it's time to pray, you remember everything you got to do. As <laughs> soon as it's time to go on the fast, all of a sudden you plan to cook your favorite meal that week. He's warring against you, but it's, it's subtle. It's sneaky. It's clever. He's not getting us with homosexuality. He's not getting you with profanity. That's not how he's getting you. <laughs> he's getting you with the little things. Like, how much have you read the word this week? <laughs> Just think, how much did you read your word? You planned on doing it. Did you not? You planned on reading your word today, but did it happen? <laughs> this is how he gets you. It's not huge things. The Bible says it's the little foxes this morning. <laughs> it's the little foxes. It's not the big thing. He know he's not going to get you to go rob a bank. He know he's not going to be able to do that but he can get you to get mad at somebody and not come to church. That's easy. They don't like me. They don't like you. You see what they said when, they, when he was preaching? What he said, he was talking about you. <laughs> it's not big things. It's small things. Our first scripture on the day is going to come from John. Chapter 10, I think we're going to do for my note takers, uh, John chapter 10, verse 2, and we're going to go to verse 21. And it says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Now, remember, we're talking about strange worship. Strange worship. Strange worship is, is how Satan. Strange worship is Satan getting you to worship him without you knowing it. John chapter 10, verse 2. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. 
the gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear who voice? His voice, all right? He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, when he has brought all of his own outside, he goes ahead of them. So he opens the gate, he lets them in, and then the scripture says he goes ahead of them. So they're behind him. All right? It says the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So he says he opens the gate. He, come, he lets the sheep in, then he comes in, and then he begins to move, and they follow him because they know his voice. Verse 5, they will never follow. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him. We failed this. Okay, we've been hearing strange voices. I'm, I'm telling you, we've been hearing strange voices and we have not been running away. We have been following them in the name of religion. You can't tell me that we've been hearing the Father's voice. You can't convince me of that. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of a stranger. Huh. I got a video for you. I want you guys to see something. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Pause it for a second. Pause it for a second. Pause for a second. I should explain this so y'all know what y'all looking at. Okay, the, the farmer has let three people call the sheep. And then he's going to call the sheep. So he told them what to say, to say exactly what he would say to the sheep and see if they would come. Y'all with me? Y'all tracking? All right, come on. Watch their head pop up. back to my scripture. Huh. I'm going to start at verse 4. When he has brought all of his own outside, he goes ahead of them. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. See, what I am trying to get you to get and get you to the place is where you know the voice. Well, you know the voice. He let three people call the sheep. What make it so bad? He was there in the presence. That's a revelation by itself. They was right there. He told them what to say. Say this. I got whatever you said. They said it, nothing happens. Person number two says, nothing happens. Number three, nothing happens. Until 
he steps up there. As soon as he said, they head popped up. The other three people, they didn't even look up. They was busy eating. <laughs> you see how you can be disturbed? Easy to start when you should be eating. When you should be eating, you got a strange voice talking to you, and you're following that voice. And so that's what I want to talk about on the day, because Satan lures us into this strange worship, and he only does it because we don't know our father's voice. We know the voice of a pastor. We know the voice of ministers. But we don't know our father's voice. Sheep is the dumbest animal in the world. They're the dumbest animal in the world. And without a shepherd, they are lost. So what they are to our world, we are to his world. How dumb they are to our world, we are to his world. You know the spirit realm just as much as that sheep could jump over that fence and go talk to the people. All right. This is where we are. He said, look at this. They would never follow a stranger. They would never. Instead, they would run away from him because they do not know a stranger's voice. Stranger, by definition, is this a foreigner, an alien, somebody who's unfamiliar, an unfamiliar voice. It's a stranger. But this is a definition that took me. Not part of the family. That's what a stranger is. It's somebody who is not part of the family. So he's saying that, look, they will run from, they will never follow a person who is not a part of the family. Instead, they will run away from him because they do not know the voice of someone who is not a part of the family. His sheep. Now, we have to admit that we have not been his sheep. It's hard to admit it, but we have not. So he's talking about voices, though. Voices. Why voices? Because the voice that we choose to hear is the voice that we will follow. Voices lead you to worship. Voices lead you to worship. Whoever voice you hear, you want to become like them, parents. A child that cannot hear the voice of their parents worships everything else. That's why I told my kids, don't let no, don't let no kid raise you. Don't let no child raise you. Don't let someone your age tell you what you should be doing when you have parents. <laughs> Teachers, we hear their voice. They change our life when we hear their voice, don't we? Evangelists, music, TV, books. These are all the things with voices that change our life. Why? Because voices lead to worship. Now, I'm going to give you a, a definition of worship that you're probably not familiar with, all right? Because worship has many definitions to it, all right? Most of the time when we talk about worship, we're talking about the act of worship, in which we do what? We lift in our hands. All right. That's pretty much every time we talk about worship, that's what comes to mind. Am I right? We think about a church service lifting our hands. So what is worship outside the church? It's a lifestyle of worship. Now, I extracted these two words from there. The first word is homage, homage, homage. The second word is reverence. These are the two words that are associated with worship that I want you to pay, pay attention to. This is the, the two words that are going to 
be the guideline to this message. The first word, homage, homage. Homage is a word that comes from this uh, system of feudalism, feudalism. Now, feudalism in a nutshell is this. You have nobility, then you have those who are poor. The nobility will hire the poor people to work for them. And because they hire these people, they will let them live on their land. This is really how we got subdivisions. You ever seen like Stevenson Estates and stuff like that? That's how we got subdivisions. Because nobility will hire all their workers, put them in a certain area, and they will live from that area. But the thing about it is, in society, in society, you were known according to the estate and the Lord that you worked for. So they would announce this. And when they would announce it, they would pay homage to whoever their Lord was. So to pay homage is to openly declare that this is my Lord. This is who I work for. So when we worship in a, as a lifestyle in public, we are declaring with our actions, with our reactions, who we work for. With our conduct, with our character, we are representing a Lord. Y'all got that? Okay. Reverence, let me, I ain't finished with that. So homage deals with the kingdom that you are paying homage to. Reverence deals with the individual that you are in awe with. Who do you admire? Who voice do you hear above every other voice? That is the voice that you revere. So from worship, we have these two words, homage and reverence. Who, what kingdom do you pay homage to and what father do you revere? Strange worship. Because the Bible tells us to worship to be true worshipers. And while strange means that they're not a part of the family, Truth means that we have the name and the resemblance. That's why he tells us to worship in spirit and in truth. But strange worship has you worshiping in the flesh and in lies. Y'all with me? Next scripture. So now. So now, we're going to talk about a familiar passage of Scripture. John chapter 4, this is the uh, woman who was at the well, and Jesus came and offered her living water. All right? So this woman is sitting at the well, and Jesus comes and offers her living water. Verse 15 is when we pick it up. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I would not be thirsty nor come all the way to draw here. Now, he's offered her living water, but the thing about living water is this. Living water is no good if you continue in strange worship. All right? It does no good for you to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Y'all know how y'all talk. It does no good for you to come to church, talk the lingo, do all the jargon and all that, but then still be in strange worship. It does no good for you to say that God is my father, but you don't hear his voice and you respond to every other voice. That's what we call illegitimate. And we don't want to get religious with it to the point where we always saying God is our father, but we never respond to it. I ain't mad. I just sounded like it. Verse 16. He said to her, now, I want you to see this. He's offered her living water. She says she wants to live in water. Now, I've been reading this passage of scripture for a long time, and I still wonder how they got from living water to her wanting living water to verse 16, where he says to her, go call your husband and come to me. She said she wanted living water. He said, go get your husband. <laughs> what does that have to do with living water? Because I told you, this thing is all about us becoming God's children. And when, it, and, when we, and, when we're, and when we're becoming his children, it's about what we lose to become like him. That's why I tell you guys that when you got saved, you were 100% sinner. You came to the church and they told you you were wrong because you, you had sin in your life. And every time you showed up to church, they preached about your sin. But you were a sinner when you showed up. 
should have been offering you living water. Because you were thirsty to become like your father. You weren't thirsty to be corrected. You knew you were wrong. That's why you showed up. <laughs> you knew you were in sin. That's why you said, anytime I'm outreaching to somebody, I'm witnessing to somebody, I tell them that God is their father. He has a great destiny for them. And the first thing they say is, I need to start back going to church. I didn't say nothing about church. I said, God is your father. He has a great destiny for you. They said, I need to go to church. But what happens is when they get to church, okay. Verse 16, he said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I have no husband. Now, what is he identifying to her? Orphan behavior. He identified her orphan behavior. You ain't never heard that, have you? You, she was just a woman who had five husbands, and the one she was with now wasn't her. No, he was identifying her orphan behavior because he wanted to satisfy that thirst. That's the thirst he was trying to satisfy because she was thirsty. Come on. She was thirsty. She had five husbands, and man, she was, come on. They was thirsty too. <laughs> no, it wasn't whatever. The woman said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have correctly said, I have no husband. Verse 18, you have had five husbands and the one whom you have now have now. Hold on. And the one whom you, you now have is not your husband. This you have said truly. Now, this is proof of her orphan spirit. This is proof of the kingdom that she pays homage to. This is proof to the voice she reveres. This is proof of her strange worship. This is proof of the voice she hears. Just by looking at your life, you can tell the voice you listen to. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet, meaning you hear another voice. Prophet to hear voices? Say, all right. I just got to make sure y'all with me. She knew that he was a prophet because he could see and he heard, he hears another voice. She knew it. She knew prophecy. Verse 20. Our fathers worshiped in the mountain. Hold on. Hold on. How did we get to worship? She asked for living water. She said she wanted the living water from Jesus. He said, okay, go get your husband. Told her about her situation. She said he was a prophet. And the next thing she said was our fathers worshipped. See, they understood what worship was. We think worship is raising your hands, telling God how great he is. That's your worship experience. For the rest. Is that not your worship experience? It's just lifting your hands, telling God how great he is, and you think you really worshiped him. No, that is not what worship is. Worship deals with the kingdom that you are promoting and the father that you are revering in public and in your private life. She said, our fathers worshiped in the mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is a place that men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in the mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So she, he's telling her, we're going to do away with this whole worship being in a fixed place. This is about to be about a lifestyle. This is not about to be about music and you lifting your hands telling the God how great he is. That was Old Testament. That's why he says, but woman, believe me, an hour is coming. An hour is coming. So that means true worship has not been revealed yet. Meaning that Abraham, nope, was not a true worshiper. David, nope. Elijah, nope. Deborah, nope. Samson, nope. None of them were true worshipers. All of them worshiped under the old covenant and only knew him as God. That's why I told you he is not our Jehovah Jireh. Nope, he ain't our Jehovah Nisi. Nope, we don't have to find, we don't have to know the names of God in the Old Testament. It is pointless. Matter of fact, let me put this out here right now. Start reading at the New Testament. Do not start in the Old Testament. Read the covenant that affects you. 
You need to know the covenant that affects you. Read the, the New Testament about 100 times, then go to the Old Testament. Because if you do, you're going to lose focus, and you, especially when you get to Leviticus. <laughs> By the time you get to Leviticus, you're going to be done with God and everybody else. Verse 22, he says, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, he just released it, when the true worshipers will worship the Father. The true worshipers will worship the Father. The true worshipers will worship the Father. Strange worship is not worshiping our Father. It's worshiping the other Father. So we have true worship versus strange worship. Strange is what? Not a part of the family. True means it is not fictitious. It bears a name and the resemblance. So the moment you got adopted, you are not supposed to listen to your old family any longer. I'm talking about Adam. The moment you came into the family of Christ, you are no longer supposed to hear the family of Adam. The moment you came into Christ, you were no longer supposed to hear Satan's voice, but you are now supposed to hear your father's voice. This is the redemption. The redemption is the relationship. It's not a church meeting. You come here to learn. This is a spiritual education. This is a full ride to grow you up. The real test, the real truth comes when you leave. So it don't matter if you come in here and lift your hands. It matters how you conduct yourself once you leave. It, it matters what kingdom are you promoting in your private life. Mm. Say, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. True worship is done in spirit and in truth, which means you got to understand that you are like him. Okay, spirit. If you don't know that you're like him, you can't worship him because all the commandments of this script of this Bible is telling us to be like him. And then you have to know truth, which means you have to know the plan that he had before the foundation of the world. If you don't know that, you can't worship. That's why the church is limited to a worship service. Because we can make a song and sing a song, but how does worship look outside those doors? How does it look outside them doors? We're talking about strange worship. Verse 24. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. With, meaning when you outside of those, outside of these four walls, in your private life, at home, behind your four walls, you should be conducting yourself like a child of God. Meaning that when you are outside of here, no matter what situation, no matter what circumstance you come into, you should hear your father's voice above every other voice. When you listen to another voice, when you follow another voice, you become a, a worshiper of the wrong thing. And I'm going to show you some stuff. So, worship is about this. It's about the kingdom you pay homage to and the father you revere. Write that down. Facebook, Instagram, I don't care. Worship is the kingdom you pay homage to and the father you revere. If you say you are a worshiper, you need to look at the kingdom that you pay homage to and the father you revere. This ain't going to be long at all. I'm, I'm almost done. Y'all got the point, though, didn't y'all? Okay. That's all I'm trying to do. Worship is about the kingdom that you pay homage to and the father that you revere.
Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. Now, this is Jesus in the wilderness being tempted by a strange voice. Someone who is not part of the family. And it reads, and again, the devil took him to a very high moment and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He's trying to entice him. All right. This is what he does. Now, this happened in his mind. That's why I say he took him to a very high mountain. Mountains represent spiritual places. He showed him. He showed him. He wanted him to see. Just like he did with Eve. <laughs> he changed how she saw the tree. When she saw the tree a different way, she became a what? Orphan. She received instructions not to eat from the tree. Adam said, don't eat from it, don't even touch it. All because of what? A voice. She shouldn't have been talking to Satan. Better yet, where was Adam? Come on now. Oh, y'all got. I ain't gonna say nothing. I ain't gonna say nothing. Y'all weren't that enthusiastic last week. I ain't gonna say nothing though. I seen a. I don't feel like I'm gonna get head butted. Boy. Well, where was Adam? So he took him. So that's what Satan tries to do. Satan tries to speak to you and show you stuff. He speaks and he shows you stuff. He took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. So meaning he'll show you that if you do this, this is what you'll get. I'll give you that music contract and I'll give you all these fans. <laughs> Watch this. Verse 9. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if, 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 you hear me? If you, it ain't got to be everybody. <laughs> it's one person. It's a conversation. If you fall down, let's just deal with fall down. Let's just deal with the definition of fall down. If you fall down, I want you to see this. If you fall down, all right? Because he said, if you fall down and worship me, I want you to see that you have to fall down in order to worship him. Fall down means to descend from a high place to a lower. I want you to hear this fool. You got to hear this fool. This is what he's, his little whispers in your ear are asking you to fall down and worship me. He's asking you to descend from being seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. He's asking him to leave the Godhead in which he's only under his father and worship him. It also means to thrust down, to lose the relationship, just like he did. He fell like lightning. He got thrust down. He's asking him to do this. He's asking Jesus to do this. What do you think he's asking you to do? He's asking somebody who knew emphatically without a shadow of a doubt who he was. He knew the Father, and he still had the audacity to come to him and say, fall down. Metaphorically, it means to fall under judgment. So when you fall under judgment and condemnation, you're worshiping Satan. Because there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Unless you start walking in the flesh. He knows. If I can get you in the flesh, I just made you fall down. 
Because you can't be, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. So he knows, I need you to fall down in order for you to worship me. I need you to get kicked out of heaven in order to worship me. I need you to lose this relationship in order to worship me. All right, let's go to the next one. To be overcome by terror. Who's scared? To be overcome by terror, fear, or astonishment, or grief, or under attack of evil spirits. He needs you to be scared of evil spirits. Hmm. He needs you to worry about just falling dead all of a sudden. Fall down means to prostrate yourself before me. So you know how we do the whole trip things, teach, remove, impart, and then praise? He wants you to fall on your face and do that to him. He wants you to fall on his face and say, Satan, teach me how to do this. They doing it. Oh, they doing it. He's trying to get you to ask him to remove the holiness and put him there. He's trying to get you to ask him to impart his devilish and demonic ways. He's trying to get you. You know what praise is to him? Depression. Anxiety. Oppression. Watch this. Watch this. Use of supplants and persons rendering homage or worship to. To fall out, fall from, perish, or be lost. This is what you have to do to fall down. I'm missing one. Okay, I know I was missing some. To be cast down from a state of prosperity. Don't give. You need that. Poverty is you falling down. And so what does he do? He tells you not to comply with how the father says do it and comply with how I says do it. So the father of lies tell you not to do what the father of truth said. What does Satan mean? Oh, I said it last week. Opposition. That's what Satan means. His name literally means opposition. You recognize him by his nature. The father's going to tell you to do this, and he's going to tell you to do opposite. Devil means the accuser. It means to fall from a state of uprightness, to perish, to come to an end, to disappear, to cease. Hmm. Of virtues, meaning power. It means to lose authority. All this is, look, all this is in the Greek. All this is in your concordance. That's why you have to study to show yourself approved. He's trying to get you to fall down. He says, lose your authority. No longer have force when you speak sayings, precepts. No longer have forces when you teach. That's why when Jesus came along, they said he wasn't like the religious folks. When he taught, he taught like one having authority. That's why he said, Satan has nothing in me. Has, ain't no orphan in me. I only do what my father says, meaning I only hear the father's voice. But he's manipulating us into this strange worship. And as soon as you fall down, this is how it looks. To be removed from power by death. To fail of participating in. How many, I'm not going to ask that question. It's a lot of Christians that are not participating in his divine nature. They're walking around with a God on the inside. The creator of the universe is on the inside. And they're walking around clueless. Not participating in. Look at this. Miss a share in inheritance. He wants you to fall down till you never see your inheritance. Till you're 80 years old, looking, at you, looking back at your life, like, what was I doing? I was in a park one day, 
And I was talking to a, a guy. Um, he came to me talking about Creflo Dollar, all them dollar, you know, all them, uh, you know, Creflo Dollar, all this money and stuff like that. And so he's sitting there talking that black and mild in his mouth. I asked him, I said, how old are you? He said, 53. I said, what did God put you on earth to do? He said, man, ain't nobody ever asked me that. You worry about Creflo, he fell down. You talking about a man who's doing more for the king, and you ain't doing nothing. That brother said, man, ain't nobody ever asked me that. He couldn't even light his black. He couldn't even light his black in my mouth. He took it and walked away and said, man, you done messed me up, and just left. And that's the last time I seen him. He probably thought I was an angel. <laughs> He was 53 years old and had never came into that thought process of why have I been created? What am I here for? 53 years old. In the park smoking blacks talking about preachers. Like you've arrived somewhere. Not even understanding he has a purpose and a destiny. Go back to the scripture. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. So you have to fall down in order to worship him. Because worship is about the kingdom you pay homage to and the father you revere. Once you fall down, then you can worship him. So he's always trying to bring you to this place where you detach from the father and, you can, and he can hear, you can only hear his voice. How many times you heard him say the idle mind is the devil's playground? If you ain't feeding yourself with God, the devil's feeding you automatically. Automatically. If you ain't feeding yourself with that word, the devil's feeding you automatically. You know why? Because he, pray, he plays and prays on your orphan experiences. He sits in your head and talk about what everybody did wrong to you. <laughs> how everybody's treating you. How everybody sees you. He plays on your mind. I know I'm telling the truth, y'all quiet. So watch this. See what the son of God sound like. Verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, go, Satan. Because he saw him fall like lightning before. So <laughs> he already know I am my father, I won. So he just simply says, go Satan. Get out of my face with that foolishness. That's how I'll say it. Shut it down. You pick how you want to say it. Just don't cuss. Jesus said to him, go Satan. For it is written. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. It's only one kingdom that will be getting paid homage to. It's only one father that will be re being revered. Go. But he said, it is written. It is written. Now, I know you think he was saying it's in the Bible. He was telling you what was on his heart. See, it got to go from the pages to your heart. I know you thought he was saying it was written in the Old Testament that the Bible said, Satan, you should leave. <laughs> I'm like, ah! okay, no. Nah. <laughs> it is written on his heart. He said, I only do what my father, it is written. This, what's written on his heart? You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's what's written on his heart. What's written on his heart is, I will only worship my father and serve him only. What's written on your heart? <laughs> 
you're going to find out when Satan approaches you with this strange worship. It's coming. He never stops. He never sleeps. He wants to keep you depressed, oppressed, lust, sexual immorality, vices. Watch this. Unforgiveness. Strange worship. The crazy thing about unforgiveness is he continues to, he don't tell you you shouldn't forgive him. He tell you why you shouldn't forgive him. He don't say don't forgive nobody. He tells you why. He lists everything they did to you. He even brings some new stuff. You'd be like, oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> You're right, Satan. You don't say that, though. You know, you'd you be like, you know what? That's right. And you think it's you. You think you got a revelation on why not to forgive somebody. Strange worship. You sit around depressed. That's strange worship. I don't know what to do. If you stop worshiping Satan, you will. Lust. He tells you to, he tells you that it's okay to get what your flesh wants. And you hear it like that. God told me I can have that. And then he maneuvered, he maneuvered certain ways. If you just do it this way, it'll work like no. You got to hear one voice. That's why I told you, in this ministry, I don't want to hear what God told you. Tell me what the Father told you. Because when a father tells you something, it's going to become with mature stipulations. They try, like, all outdoors to avoid asking me. <laughs> they want to ask their mama. Ain't that right? They do. And she come to me and tell me. And then I tell her, then they tell them. And they think they bypass, but they got what I wanted. See, you can't read the Bible and not hear the Spirit. All right. <laughs> Deceit. No, no, I ain't done. Unforgiveness. Bitterness. Anger. The Bible says be angry but sin not. Be angry but sin not, which means we, have a, we can do something with anger. That's why I told you, get mad at Satan like you get mad at them folks. Wrath, malice, all this is strange worship. That's why these, you know what? All these are listed in the Bible as sin. That's why I say we want to talk about cigarettes. <laughs> why you worshiping Satan with pride. You lead his army in pride and you worry about somebody with a cigarette. And if they quit smoking a cigarette, they're still not worshiping. Anxiety, panic attacks, overindulging in entertainment. Netflix and chill for five days in a row. Okay, let's keep going. Overindulging in food. This fast gonna get you. Okay, procrastination. I know that's not, I know. Procrastination, what did he tell you to do? Last week, last month, last year. Procrastination. He keeps telling you, put it off, put it off, put it off. You've been trying to do that for how long? How long you been trying to do that? I don't even know what that is. You know what that is. How long you been trying to do that? How long you been planning on doing that, saying you're going to do that, but you keep hearing the voice say, wait, don't do it. You can't. You don't have the money. You ain't got the time. It ain't going to work. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Hear what your father tells you to do and know that. Any other voice other than that is strange worship. It's a voice that is not a part of this family. Relationships. Oh, we can stay there all month. What they say about you? That's a favorite one right there. You just stay right there. Why you don't like them? 
You don't like your mama, you don't like your daddy, you don't like your cousins, you don't like nobody. Nobody likes nobody. <laughs> All your relationships end in destruction. All your relationships end like Satan and God's. Strange voices. He gonna tell me that Kirby feel a certain way about me. Keen to think this way about me. Sierra feel like this. You don't think I battle all the time. Ain't nobody gonna show up for church today. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll be preaching to empty seats. And you. <laughs> Non-committal behaviors. You don't want to commit to nothing. Why? Because Satan's saying this in my head. I don't even know what it is. Why won't you commit? Because of what Satan tell you, they're going to hurt you again. The voice in your head has to be your father. If it's not your father, it is Satan. Rebellious. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Yeah, he is. He is telling you what to do. You don't think he's telling you what to do. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Satan do it all the time. <laughs> That's the one that told you to say that. It was Satan that said, don't let nobody tell you nothing. It was Satan that said it. They don't know what they're talking about. I'm in the house. I'm good, Kirby. All right. So this is the thing. You got to stop letting this orphan control your life. I'm talking to y'all now. I'm mad at him. I'm talking to y'all. You got to stop letting Satan control your life. All this up, down, up, down, all these roller coaster rides, he's just taking you for. You got to stop letting him control your life all because of what is not written. You ain't spending enough time with the word. So when he comes speak, you can hear him clear because you know what? We were born in sin and shaping in iniquity. Our whole life until the day we got saved, we have been following his voice, hearing his voice. His presence is most familiar with us because until we got saved, like I said last week, okay, we were living a life of sin. Engulfed in his presence. We didn't feel it because it was normal. Engulfed in his presence. Then we came to church, we felt another presence. Now we got engulfed in that presence, but that presence is still familiar to us in areas. So that presence is still there. Come on, how many of y'all glory days come up? I remember back in the day when I used to. <laughs> That's him talking. He wants you to remember when you was a sinner and act like that was the good days. He plays us for the fool. You gotta, we gotta stop this. All right? We gotta stop it. He's taunting you. He's playing games with you. He got you a puppet. Watch me make him mad. Ha, <laughs> watch this. <laughs> they whole day gonna be messed up. Let's go mess with their cousin. <laughs> oh, you just need a phone call. Your whole day gone. A text message, whole day over, taunting you. He's telling you, you weak. Watch this. I'm going to make Chris not speak to you, and your whole day over. He's taunting you. He's playing games with you. I'm trying to get y'all mad at him. If you're not, you might be. No, I'm just playing. Oh, y'all are here good. So, my closing, we got to get to the point where we are like, that's why the Bible talks about us conforming to the image of Christ. Okay? Because if we conform to the image of Christ, we're conforming to people who only want to hear the Father's voice. That's why this Bible is about being a child. It's about getting adopted. It's about getting an inheritance. All that other stuff don't matter. If you look at the list of sins in the Bible, all of it in, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. All the sins in the Bible, the scripture's talking about sin in saying you will not inherit. You will never experience the kingdom on earth living in sin, listening to Satan's voice. But this is the thing. 
He gets us. And it's, at, it's levels. It's levels to it. He don't talk to me like he talked to you. <laughs> he know he can't get me at the don't come to church level. He know he can't get me on the don't pray level. You know how he try to get me with prayer? Keep me busy. Because he know he can't talk to me, talk me out of prayer. So he tries to keep me busy. That's what Satan said. I mean, I say Paul said, I was trying to get to y'all. But Satan kept hindering me. Stuff, stuff happened. Stuff happened. You got your whole day planned out. I'm going to pray for 10 hours a day. Then all of a sudden, kid's sick. Now all of a sudden, everybody want to call you with an emergency. Now all of a sudden, boss wants you to come in. He uses people to get to you. But we got to get out of this strange worship, all right? We got to get out of this strange worship. This would not be a depressed church. It would not be an angry church. We will be a church that hears the Father voice and comply. And for that reason, he's going to hate us. And watch this. The more we do that, he's going to have to show up in person. And that's when we cast him out. We only hear and do what the Father says. Watch this. A son can only do what he sees the Father do. Y'all get that? A son can only do what he sees his Father do. That's why Jesus told the Pharisees that the devil was their father. You're only doing what you hear your Father tell you to do. Come on, let's pray. Come on. Let's pray.